Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So explain something to me. We all know that marriage isn't for everyone. And I do realize that 50 to 60% of all marriages end in divorce. But when you have $130 billion, let me repeat, $130 billion. And after 27 years of marriage, that you actually hate each other that much that you can't stay together, at least on paper, in different houses for that matter. You could be in different states, different countries, see each other sometimes. I think it would be easier than splitting up all of the valuables. I mean, you would think Bill and Melinda Gates could make that work. What's interesting is they released a statement together, and this is what they said. After 27 years, they no longer believe that we can grow together as a couple in the next phases of our lives and we ask for space and privacy for our family as we begin to navigate this new life. New life, $130 billion. They, they could have just stayed together and maybe, you know, saw the people. I mean, open marriage. What would have been better than having to spend the money that they're going to have to spend and all the lawyers and all the, the nonsense. This is the biggest divorce since, of course, the Bezos, right? Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates will have to divide that $130 billion fortune, including Da Vinci Artworks, a fleet of cars, the Jets, the mansions, Washington, Florida, California houses, uh, and Wyoming. And why now after 27 years? I guess maybe the pandemic was too much. Uh, one side of the house was too, too much for them. It just doesn't make any sense. We always think the grass is greener on the other side, but we find out quickly it is not. I do wish them luck splitting that money, though, and I'm sure that, you know, with that kind of money, people are lining up to say, hey, give me a call. Now, there's no truth to the rumor that Melinda Gates and Mackenzie Bezos are now looking to create a new combined company, Microzon. They're not going to make or sell anything. They're just going to meet every week to watch some pool boy count their money. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. He is a longtime Cincinnati radio veteran. He is currently the program director of WUBE B105, as well as on air from 10 to 3 weekdays. Let's welcome Grover Collins to Lens Burning Bush. Hey, Grover. Thank you so much. Excited to be here to talk to you, buddy. Well, I appreciate you. And, and one of the things, as, as you know, we're both married for a long time. You're married to Holly Morgan for a long time. Holly has already reached out to Bill Gates and said, Bill, call me. But I think I said to her that you are you should be a trophy husband, uh, I think, is what, what I think is going on. If Bill Gates responded to my wife, I would strongly encourage that relationship. I know you would. <laughs> and, I, and that's what I was thinking about. Now, you've seen the movie Indecent Proposal, right? If, yep. if, if they redid the movie now, five billion dollars, not a million, right? It would it would ha it would be a, a, a five billion if it was Gates, right? I mean, come on. Well, if they redid the movie and they cast Holly and me. The movie would last about ten minutes because Holly and I would not have a problem with it. We'd have a wink between each other, and uh, <laughs> we would we would both see each other on the side or whatever we had to do. It would be fine, and we'd be a lot richer. Absolutely, and and I, I kind of find it interesting too. Melinda Gates and now Bezos, all this now. 27 years of marriage and all of a sudden you decide, you know what? I don't like this anymore. Now I understand the kid, you know, when you have a, a family and you raise kids, you've done it, you know, and then you look up and you know, you wake up and there she is. And then you, you know, go to bed there. You know, it's like you try to figure out and you try to reinvent your relationship. But I think people are just kind of giving up now. 
I think there is a lot more probably going on there. And that was a very carefully scripted uh, public message to the world about why they're getting divorced. Who knows what goes on behind closed doors? I mean, it's uh, hell. Charlie Rich made a song about it. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I would think so. Now, you are, um, you know, your radio career is, is spanned a lot. Uh, you're also a huge Rush fan, which I, I found out. Obviously, your T-shirt on your on your page gives that away. I have a friend that said, hey, you know, I saw Grover at Rush concert. He loved it. So what is the you love Rush that much, right? I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, I, I fell in love with Rush, you know, when I was in seventh grade. You got to remember when I was a little kid, um, my stepdad, who loves great music, he was literally at Woodstock. And so there was a lot of Stones, Jimi Hendrix, the band. I'm trying to think Gordon Life with Jim Croce, that kind of music. But he kind of stopped being interested in new rock music that was his that was his jam okay my mom liked top 40 so the only rock music i was ever exposed to which whatever crossed over into pop world like foreigners cold as ice the only pink floyd i knew was another brick in the wall so i went over to a buddy's house to spend the night i was in seventh grade he had an older brother who was in high school and he had three eight tracks that just rocked my world one was acdc's back in black oh, never nice. 1981 Cheap Trick at Budokan wow. and Rush Moving Pictures. And I heard Rush Moving Pictures, and I think it was YYZ and Red Barchetta. And obviously, the whole album is perfect. It just, Glenn, it blew my friggin' mind. I had never heard music like this. I'd never heard drumming like this. It all just intricately was perfect musically for my ears. And that was it. That just, that, that was the end of it. It's an interesting saying, you know, Getty Lee is just tremendous. I mean, the Canadian, um, and 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 he just is amazing, and they you know they got recently in the last I guess five six years I don't know life has just kind of passed by pretty quickly but they were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame which is tremendous uh, to see what three people in the band right is that or, or uh, only three, Getty Lee yeah. Lee bass Alex Lifeson guitar and then Neil Peart who was uh, all percussion and he was also the lyricist for the band wow and and you know their music is just so good I mean there's a movie with Adam Sandler. Um, you know, it's like they, you know, you play a little rush songs, they play some stuff, but you know, they're, they are, uh, they're a great band and I'm glad that you, that you like them. You also, what's, what's interesting. I was reading a little bit, um, you know, you and I know each other, but I, I did read a little bit about you as well. I love that you like all the movies that I like. Caddyshack would be one, you know, I should have yelled too, you know, <laughs> I love it. It's a great hat. It you know, would you get a bowl of soup with that? Right. Is that, but it looks good on you though. Right. That was a fantastic. That was actually the first rated R movie I ever saw. My parents took me that for my birthday and uh, uh, brought me in, and uh, I, I was just amazed at how funny it was. And then the part where uh, Danny and Lacey Underall are having their tryst in the judge's house. Oh and, yes. First time I ever saw breasts on in a movie, and my mom reaches over and she's like this must be the rated R part. And I'm like, mom, stop, stop. You're ruining it for me. Let me watch this. <laughs> Gratuitous nudity was always a good thing. And you think about it, that was our, I mean, now you could find anything on the internet. That was, that was like huge for us. That kind of yeah. stuff. Like you have a little bit of, you know, and, and you know, lacy over. I and mean, that was just amazing. My, my favorite uh, Chevy Chase was like, I was born to love you. I was born <laughs> to lick your face. <laughs> I love the movie. It, uh, Ted Knight was just brilliant in that movie and Ronnie Dangerfield. But Ted Knight is like, well, you know, we, we need ditch diggers too, right? We need, you know, that's. <laughs> that's right. Uh, fantastic right. movie. 
Now, you also like Goodfellas, too. Now, Goodfellas is one of my favorites also. Uh, Goodfellas would be my rated all-time number one movie. I've probably seen it a hundred times easily. Uh, I never get tired of watching it. It's just the best, always has been. Yeah, there's certain movies that I could actually watch over and over and over again. Goodfellas is definitely one if it's on. For some reason, I am another one, White Man Can't Jump. It's like, I just don't know why that is. I just like, Billy, you're so stupid. It's infinity plus infinity. You know, I, I just, it's a stupid movie, but I... I find that to be one I'll just turn on and I'll watch it. But Goodfellas is just amazing. You know, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro. I mean, it's just it's 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 so well done. It's it's you know, and I and I know I I like Godfather movies as well, but I actually think Goodfellas is just done better even than the Good than the Godfather. What are your thoughts of that? Do you like you know what would you rate? Would you rate Godfather above Goodfellas or? No, no, I would rate Goodfellas above Godfather uh, just because of the editing, the pacing, the uh, the excitement of the movie. And that whole part near the end of Goodfellas where it shows like that one day in the life of Henry Hill when he's picking up uh, his brother from the hospital and he's doing the cocaine and he's trying to sell the guns to Jimmy and he's going to score more coke for this <laughs> Pittsburgh music. And the editing is so cut, you can feel the uh, the tension and and the stress of the day and that to me is just a, a marvelous i like that scene as much as the so you think i'm funny which of course is the classic scene with pesci but uh, i i like the the brilliance the the perfection of the editing of that part of the movie one of my favorite lines in that movie and i agree with you on on all of those scenes but one of my favorite lines in that movie was business is bad f you pay me right that's kind of the we don't care that business is bad. F you pay me. I use that in every kind of day life where I say, I don't care. Business is bad. You got to pay me still, right? That's the way it works. Well, not only that, but I'll tell you what. As I raised my son, I, I did use the line after uh, Henry gets pinched as a young kid. Yeah. You know, the two greatest lessons of life is always keep your mouth shut and never rat on your friends. And there, <laughs> there is some truth. It may be the mob, but there is some truth to that if you want to get far in this world. Oh, well, that, that's great. And uh, so we've got good movie taste because, uh, again, I um, and, and getting back to like, you know, the gratuitous nudity, my first real um, I remember the first rated R movie I saw was The End with Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise um, back in the, the 70s. And then I uh, 10 with Bo Derek was my all time. You know, that was like when I said, oh, wow, Bo Derek, that is fantastic. Bo Derek coming up, Water in Ten was a class. That's that's probably as classic as the Farrah Fawcett poster in the late seventies. I had that poster, and I will say that's that. That's a surprise. Oh, well, I know. Well, of course, you know you know me pretty well. Uh, that I that I <laughs> would have that poster, and I felt that the Bo Derek thing was that was the original. It was they were real and they were spectacular. Right? Is that kind of the first round? Full disclosure. My favorite angel was not Farrah Fawcett. It was uh, Jacqueline Smith. She would be Ooh. on record first girlfriend. I absolutely knew I was a straight white man with Jacqueline Smith on track angels. She was <laughs> she was gorgeous. Uh, yes, I, I would agree with you 100%. It's kind of like the well, Marianne. What was that? Sorry, I could, you could cut out. I said she still is gorgeous. I follow her on Instagram. She's still fantastic. We should get her on the show. I think that would be a good thing. I, Let me be a guest. Absolutely. You know, that you get those crushes. Like, I, I find, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I follow Maureen McCormick uh, on Instagram and, and Twitter. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha from the Brady Bunch, you know, is always kind of a thing. And, you know, she responds once in a while to me. I get all excited. You know, Maureen McCormick re, you know, responded to me on, on Twitter or Instagram. I always find that funny. So, 
we have those uh, in common that we want to find the uh, the younger people that we looked. Linda Carter's another one, Wonder Woman. I mean, did you watch that growing We're up? We're completely ourselves, Len. We're completely dating ourselves now. I know, I know, I know. And and, and I'm going to, being, being that you brought that up, I, I have a sad news today, and I'm sure you remember um, the great uh, Tawny Catan. We have to say a moment of silence. She passed away at the age of 59 today. And um, unfortunately, the White Snake video, she was also in uh, Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks, if you remember Tawny Catan. But uh, she, uh, she died Friday night at her home, and the cause of death has uh, not been determined. So let's say. Well, I mean, the time I saw her, I believe she was on that reality show, Dr. Drew, trying to overcome her demons. So I hope, uh, you know, that's my first, you know, lead to what possibly might have happened. That's unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. So Tony Catan passes away. Now, the um, here's kind of an interesting story as I kind of kind of go all over the place here. But I found this to be funny that there's everybody's giving kids their iPads and their stuff at the youngest of ages, right? So I, I saw this story, which I thought you'd like. A, a four-year-old cartoon fanatic from Brooklyn um, went a little overboard buying nearly $3,000 worth of non-refundable SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles on Amazon. Did you see this story? I did. Damn Alexa, get strikes again. Oh, I know. It's it, it's terrible. That, so that, that apparently uh, they set up a, a a good good GoFundMe page to help the poor the poor kid. Uh, he but he managed to purchase twenty six hundred and eighteen dollars and eighty five cents worth of uh, them, and they sent him uh, the fifty one cases, and they're non refundable. So a poor, you know, this is why we we you know we have so much technology, but I think we need to kind of step back a little bit, right? Don't you think? Well, I think I think the dad probably figured out the um, the the way to improve the security function on their Alexa immediately after that happened. Absolutely, yeah, and it's funny because Amazon, of course, they're not going to refund the popsicles. Uh, they just said no; they're not going to they're not going to do that. So, uh, well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Did you like the show How I Met Your Mother? Did you like? It's it? so funny. So funny you bring that up. I I have never seen an episode of that show in my life. And Big Dave on the Big Dave show at the radio station is so on me to watch it. He's like, dude, I know you'll like this. This is your kind of humor. Uh, Getty Lee even makes a, a appearance on one of the episodes. And uh, I just and he I guess it's on Prime or Hulu. And, and he he keeps nudging me to watch it. So one of these days I will watch it. So. Well, you might get a chance to watch. Kind of they're doing something else. They're doing a sequel. It's going to be How I Met Your Father, uh, mm. and it's going to be on Hulu uh, with Hillary Duff as attached to the star. So uh, Sophie is telling this, her son the story of how she met his father. Um, so it dates back to 2021 where Sophie and her close-knit group of friends are in the midst of figuring out who they are and what they are want a life. So the other way was How I Met Your Mother. He tells the story, and it was kind of an interesting ending to that. Uh, which I won't spoil it for you because you got to go and watch it. But it, it was a good show. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It did go a little overboard, and a lot of times these shows kind of jump the shark a little bit. Um, but How I Met Your Mother, so now How I Met Your Father. We're, we're reaching now for everything. We even brought back Punky Brewster, apparently. It's on, like, the Peacock. There's too many streaming services, Grover. Yeah, uh, I did see her documentary, though, which was pretty good. Yes. Um, that, yeah. was, that was interesting. 
And she was uh, she was very uh, wise beyond her years to, to think about video documenting her entire childhood because I'm sure well we didn't have video cameras really until we were all older but that was uh, that'd be kind of weird to go back and see all of this footage of yourself while you're as from an adult mind and looking at yourself and God I'd be rubbing my head a lot going oh Grove how how stupid and young and naive and immature and ignorant we were you know I always say if I could take my brain at 51 and go back to about 22 23 I don't want to be in high school again I don't want to be a teenager again I want to go through that again but my early 20s. Man, I would just, that'd be awesome. I know. Knowing what you know now, right? That's the way I always feel. Like, cause, go back to that body. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's kind of an interesting uh, thing. Now, you having um, two people in the radio business in your family, how does, how does I mean, it, it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? You got, you always have something, you know, uh, but how does that work? Because I know I talked to Cherie and Mike. I mean, they work together all the time. You guys at least are on different radio stations, but how does that work for you guys? Correct. So, yeah, we work together, but we do not work together. We're not on the same station. I'm sort of just our co-worker, quite honestly, Len. I mean, we see each other in the hallway and through different studios and we wave at each other. But, you know, I'm not, I was her program director, believe it or not, way back to when we were dating back in the 90s. And that was kind of funny. She was my midday girl. I was afternoons and her program director. And, you know, it's kind of I always joke. It's kind of. Uh, hard to air check the girl you later that night you're going to try to get lucky with so you got to you got to be very careful on how you we, uh, thread that needle oh exactly and i think nowadays it probably would that people would frown upon this kind of stuff but you know it was seemed to be a, it's okay and of course it worked for you guys i've i've seen it in the radio businesses you know uh, where people have gotten together and it's worked out for years and years and years and one thing i like i love about the radio business it seems like everybody's kind of a close knit group and I've been doing this show for almost over a year. And what's nice is I brought people on from the radio biz, everybody who's come on. You know, I hadn't talked to them in 15 years. But it's like you seem like you never lose touch. Everybody's in that same community. Well, Len, I attribute that to the fact that what we do in radio is um – you know, it, for me, it was a calling. You know, radio found me at a very young age. They found Holly. You know, she was not in radio, didn't even know she was going to be in radio when they found her. But what we do is there's not a lot of us that do it, especially now more than ever. So, you know, anytime there's a, a wedding with a bunch of radio people, they always make sure to put us at the same table because we all know how to talk to each other. We talk weird stuff, but I, but you know, you know, you see wrestlers marrying wrestlers, actors marrying actors, you know, that's, it's what we do is such a unique job that, you know, the outside world or the normal people, they just don't understand. And, you know, we, we know how to talk goofy, weird shop to each other. Exactly. And it, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I kind of, you know, dabble still in the radio business. I, I do elder play by play and I, you know, obviously doing this, uh, but I enjoyed doing, you know, back in the day, I did traffic for you guys. I, I enjoyed th that as well. It's just fun. I, I think what's great about it is the ability to kind of have a personality um, and, and have people listen. And it's always nice to be liked. Like if they like you, it's always good, too. Uh, yes. Well, you know, that's another thing, too. You're never going to have everybody always like everything you do or say. And, uh, you know, we've all worked with people that are uh, – 
I guess for lack of a better word, try to be Switzerland. They don't, they get, you know, Larry David's a prime example. Larry David, a curb your enthusiasm. He is one of the funniest human beings ever. I love that show. Watched every episode. But he's the kind of guy where 99 people can tell him how much they love him and one person can say he sucks. And that's the one guy that he'll think about all weekend and it'll ruin his weekend. And uh, I've worked with people on the radio that are like that too, where it's like, but you have to be able to say things and be sharing of yourself and, and stories that you know might piss some people off. But that's how they remember you, good or bad. So that's something that I've learned over the years. I, I, I'll admit I struggled with wanting being able to do that on the radio in my 20s because you do want everyone to like you. But as you get older, you're like, whatever. Now, I'm not really in a position on my show on B105 middays to really be in a position to say anything that's going to really tick someone off. I don't do a morning show, and nor does the B105 morning show that forum for that kind of content. But... You know, it is easier as you get older, and that's sort of what my uh, Facebook uh, and Instagram, that those are my outlets to be able to be that way. Yeah, and I enjoy that. I follow you. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm, too. That was one of my favorites. I, I'm a Seinfeld fan, and I think Curb's even better. It's a R-rated version of, of Seinfeld, and just amazing, the episodes. I, I'll never forget the episode where it was, um, I'm trying to think, they were opening up the restaurant, and they had somebody with Tourette syndrome. And do you remember that episode? Oh, that was yes, yeah, that yeah, that was his uh, coffee shop. He yeah. was competing shops. Well, the competing coffee shop, but before that, they had tried to open a restaurant. It was earlier on, maybe in season seven or something like that. They had a chef that had Tourette syndrome. And oh he, yes, he, he cursed. And and Susie, just the mouth on her. It's just it's amazing though. But she she does a great job. Uh, the whole show is is is, is amazing, and I I just. I enjoy that. And, and you're right. I think as you get older, you don't have to be liked as much. I mean, I do this. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, people will like the show if they don't. You know what? I'm going to still do it every week regardless uh, whether they like it or not. I kind of it's good for me. It's good. Good therapy for me. That's kind of how I look at it. Well, this is more of just a good conversation to people catching up. You know, this really isn't uh, the type of podcast where I don't think you're going to upset anybody. No. Uh, we're not sitting here talking politics or religion or something like that. So God, no, I learned a long time ago as uh, to keep uh, my opinions to myself when it comes to religion and politics, because it's 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 rough uh, to uh, start doing that. And, and, and I feel like there's no happy medium anymore. You just have to you know, it's either one way or the other. And if you say something or don't agree with something, it's almost like you're labeled. And I just uh, I don't want to get involved in it at all. So we'll just. We'll just uh, do that. We'll talk about Kroger not giving up. Programmer, that's a very smart move, Len. Uh, you, <laughs> you got to. So let's talk about Kroger, and they're getting rid of the plastic bags. I think that's a good thing. What, do you, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> you know, we knew it was coming. You know, uh, you know, the Big Dave Show did a lot of these um, uh, virtual field trips uh, because the kids couldn't go out, obviously, because of the pandemic. And one of the places they visited was Rumkey. And they talked about that. They talked about how <clears throat> they hate those friggin' bags because they jam up the machines. And there's so many people that are still uneducated that you cannot recycle Kroger bags. You can't recycle bags from any of those those types of um, stores because they gum up the machines. And um, people don't know, and people think they're doing a good thing by recycling them. So, I, listen, we grew up with you know paper bags when we were, and so we'll either go back to that. But you know, I go to Costco two, three times a week. And I always keep a couple of the boxes in the back in my trunk. 
And so that was a trick I learned on Instagram on a Costco hack is just always keep a, or a couple of laundry baskets, whatever works. And then you go to Costco and you put everything and then makes it easier to bring in your, your, whatever you bought and then put them back in your trunk. Same thing. I have no problem with, you know, you'll be, you'll be starting a YouTube channel with all this stuff, with all this knowledge that you've got you, you know, watching Grover go to Costco. That would be, that'd be an episode right there. That I, you know what, that might be a side hustle because it's literally good for better or worse. My Costco is literally off the exit I get off of to come home every day. So it, I'm just there last night getting a pizza. But Len, you have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined. I went in last night and I just got a pizza. I just got a pizza. You don't, you don't walk in there. You have to have a game plan. You have to stick with the plan. Every time Holly goes, "Ooh, I'm gonna go to Costco with you," I'm like, Ooh. "Damn, I'm guaranteed." Well, I know 200, 300 bucks. It, it, it's, it's inevitable. You go in, you go in for, uh, for pizza. I would have come home with, uh, you know, three, four hundred dollars worth of stuff. And that's kind of the way uh, you, you got to stay away. But if you're disciplined, look at that. We, the w- wise words of Grover, Grover Collins saying you got to be disciplined at Costco. I have been lured by the 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 Costco lore of great prices. Uh, pairs of jeans on sale or I'm a sucker for office supplies and they'll have a great deal on a pack of Sharpies or whatever. And even my daughter, if she's with me, she goes, dad, you don't need them. I'm like, I know, I know, but God, the price is so good. You know? Yeah. You, you, what you, other store do I willingly pay money for to shop at? Well, I always like a good deal and I have to give a little bit of credit because I, I, I kind of ripped uh, a couple of weeks ago. I told the story of my car experience I was order. I ordered a car on January fourth. It didn't come. It came in on March sixteenth. It was wrong. Then they reordered it, and I was like, they weren't getting back to me. I didn't think it was going to happen. And finally, yesterday, the car came in. It uh, it finally came in, Grover. I pick, we picked it up last night, and I got, as Putty would say, the insider's deal. I finally got the insider's deal. Well, I'm glad you got your car because I, you see all the chip shortages and what all is going on right now. Absolutely, and I think that was part of it from the manufacturer. But, uh, you know, I gave them a hard time about the whole bad customer service. But at the end of the day, they finally made it right, and I feel like I can go back. And I was uh, I even ranted about the fact that I would never go back, and I would go 30 miles out of the way and just give the finger on the way there. But I, uh, I even told them, I said, I was thinking about that, but – I said, you guys made it good. I said, I will, uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to drive to Dry Ridge to pass the dealership. You know what I'm saying? So I am going to um, go back. So I have to, I have to give credit where credit is due. They actually did uh, make good on the car and we did get the car. So if anybody was paying attention to that, uh, one thing that uh, I'll bring up, and I don't know, you know, of a late night TV fan, are you at all? Nowadays. Well, I- by the time they all come on. However, if anything blows up or anybody did a spectacular job or whatever, that's the beauty of the internet. It's all on YouTube the next day. I mean, those those hosts make more money on their YouTube views than they ever do anyone watching them literally on TV at 12 midnight. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, James Corden does the uh, the carpool karaoke and all that stuff. But uh, apparently Conan O'Brien has uh, announced that uh, after 30 years in late night that his last show is going to air on TBS on June 24th, he's uh, he's going to a new service, a new thing on HBO Max. So uh, Conan O'Brien, I've never really been a big fan of Conan O'Brien. What are your what are your thoughts on him? You know, I, I will take 
I will take Conan over Fallon. I Fallon is my least favorite. I mean, it's like that laugh of his. He's just always. I just. Oh, he, I can't. I honestly, Len cannot watch Jimmy Fallon. Uh, but Conan, I'll agree with you. You know, I guess my favorites would um, would be. Uh, I guess Kimmel. I guess you know when I, I I see him. Corden's good, but I guess Kimmel. You know, he's an old radio guy. Uh, he just sort of, he's my age. He's only a couple years older than me. So I guess him would be my favorite, but Fallon's my least favorite. Yeah, hands down. I would agree. Uh, the only thing I do like Fallon when he does, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but you need to YouTube it. It's Jimmy Fallon doing Neil Young with Bruce Springsteen, okay, also. And they sing Willow Smith's Whip My Hair Back and Forth. <laughs> uh, whip My Hair Back and Forth. And, and they okay. do. You have to watch you that. Stories though, like I think Tracy Morgan when he was on SNL with Fallon, I think Tracy Morgan used to really, and he wasn't alone, but he was willing to speak publicly of it. And if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. They used to get really pissed off at Fallon because they would say he would break character on SNL on purpose because it would get him more camera time, and that was his little subversive way. And he wasn't really having to break up, but he was doing it on purpose. So, you know, if that's true, that's see, that's BS. That's you know. But but part of me doesn't surprise me that he would do that. I just don't like him, I guess. No, I, I think you're right. I think there's something about him that's kind of, you know, odd. Uh, I just, the whole late night, I was just talking with somebody yesterday about the whole late night. I mean, Johnny Carson was like must-see TV for everybody because, of course, you didn't have any other options. But I think Johnny just did it better. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody. I, I always thought the only person that might be able to do kind of a Johnny Carson type show would have been Jerry Seinfeld, but I don't think he's ever going to want to do that. But that would have been the only one that I thought could replace. Cause even Leno wasn't as good as Carson. He was good, but right. No, no Leno was not as good. Uh, you know, I just started watching the CNN history of late night last week. Uh, and, and it showed a lot of Carson. It's, you know, it's going in chronological order from the beginning of it. And, um, uh, yeah, Carson was just a pro pro, a pro's pro, you know. Yeah. Well, he also knew when he had a good guest to let them just be them, right? I mean, that was part of it. You, you know, he would bring on guests. I mean, Dangerfield would crack him up all the time, and he'd have other people on. And it was just – it was it was really uh, top-notch. And, you know, it was kind of, like I said, it was must-see TV where now – you know, they get they get, you know, the other late night on CBS. I mean, it's just it all becomes they, they bring on political people now. I, I liked when Johnny would not even talk about he would make fun of everybody equally. I think that's the way you got to do. Well, that's that's part of what they talked about is you never knew Johnny Carson's political affiliation. No idea if he was Republican, Democrat, independent. And that's the way it should be. And I agree with that. I, I do agree with that. And that's one thing that. Yeah. Colbert, you know, obviously we know, you know, I mean, listen, there's a history of late night hosts making fun of the president, which you should do. That's part of the fun. But there but you still didn't know what their affiliation was with Colbert. You clearly know he is very liberal uh, and same with Kimmel. Yeah. And, uh, and and I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't think Carson would absolutely approve of that at all. No, he didn't. He, he said that nobody cares about like I think they he was asked one time. Um, whether or not why he didn't do that. And it's like, well, because that's not my job to do that. My job well, is just to, yeah, to be funny. Your audience immediately. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Like we talked about it. You don't, you don't want to uh, alienate 50% of your audience immediately. It just doesn't, it just doesn't uh, make any sense. But, well, you know. You know, 
there's rumors that The Rock and Matthew McConaughey might be possibly thinking about dipping their toe into the political world. And I guess Howard Stern warned him last week. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, he said on his show, it's like, listen, if you really do that, then you really are going to have to expose your opinions of what you really think about real issues. Right now, you don't have to or you can dance around it. But if you really jump into the fire, those days are over and be careful. And he, he told him not to. He, he was and I kind of agree with him. I don't. Why would you want to expose yourself to that? You have to have a hell of an ego. And I think even a bigger ego than a, wanting to be a movie star to be uh, in the, a politician. I mean, that's that's off the charts ego, in my opinion. And I don't care what affiliation you are. That's just ego, ego, ego. Agreed. And I think why would they want to take a job where they actually take a pay cut uh, also? Because that's kind of interesting, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because if you ever watch uh, Back to the Future, there's a scene when they they go back and, you know, Christopher Lloyd is asked uh, when they said, you know, who's the president? And he said, Ronald Reagan. He goes, the actor. Right. (laughs) He goes, I suppose Jane Wyman is the first lady. Right. So it's just uh, kind of funny how we have really gone, you know, where uh, we had Ronald Reagan. And now we're, you know, we're sitting there with uh, The Rock and Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. All right. Uh, and uh, Cousin Eddie, I talked about this last week. Cousin Eddie apparently wants to uh, run for governor of California. Uh, so I saw that. He's a, he's a nut. I mean, oh. can we get, we've all seen his antics in the last few years. So, or, you know, so don't even. That's, <laughs> well, do me a favor and plug your show because I want, I want people to know how great you are listening to B105 in Cincinnati on the dial. Uh, but you can also consume it. How, Grover? Well, I'll plug the whole radio station, 105.1. Obviously, it's 2021, so you can download the free app for Android or Apple and listen to us that way. Um, Stream us at B105.com. Big Dave shows 6 to 10. I'm on 10 to 3. Jesse Tax, 3 to 7. B-Dub's on 7 to midnight. My boy Ryan, who uh, pulls the late night hours, is on overnights. And... um, you know, the radio station, we're on our 52nd year, signed on April 1st, 1969. And I've said this before when I've been asked about, you know, programming B105. I say, listen, at this point in time, I just am fortunate enough to be the captain of this huge aircraft carrier that's been in the water since 1969. If I take care of it, it'll take care of you. Keep the needles out of the red. Don't crash it into the reef. Realize that. You know, it's not going to turn on a dime. It's going to turn an aircraft carrier in the Pacific. It's going to take a while, but just, just take care of it. And it's, it seems to be uh, working out pretty good. We've, uh, we've got a great team. Uh, our listeners are awesome. And uh, we're very, very fortunate to be owned by uh, the Hubbard family. Ginny Morris has been a spectacular owner from the top down, giving us the tools and resources we need uh, to do the job and God love her. They actually trust us. You know, they trust me with her station and they trust Patty Marshall with Q102 that we're going to make the right decisions and we're going to do what's best for um, not only her and the family, but our listeners in the community. And uh, you you can read between the lines what I'm about to say, but that is very, very rare in 2021. And there's a lot of companies and a lot of my friends in this industry that are not given the privilege to be able to do what I do the way I do it. And so I feel for them. I wish it was like the old days. It will never be like the old days again. 
But that being said, I don't take it for granted that I am working for a company and for a station that uh, lets me still do what I have wanted to do since I was a little kid and uh, still get up every day and never wake up and go, damn, I got to go hang out at a radio station all day. This is going to be awful. So, Well, that was that was wonderful. B105, I always like the good times, great country, right? Do we, we have a different slogan now, I'm sure, but right? Cincinnati, new country now. <laughs> oh, okay. Well... It's, it's all great regardless. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Hopefully, I will see you soon at uh, Shorty's at some point um, again because uh, that, that's one of my favorite places. I always enjoy that going there. Uh, but uh, it's good to have you on, Grover. It's great to talk to you this morning. Uh, you know, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook, at Lens Burning Bush. You can follow at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. Even have a YouTube channel now. Uh, it's Len Harvey. You can search Lens Burning Bush on there. Uh, they've got all the episodes, or at least the most recent ones are starting to appear on there. Um, on iTunes, uh, Spotify, I'll say it again, Spotify. It's been one of those mornings. Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Tune in. You can ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush and also now Pandora. We even got uh, approved there. We've had listeners in the UK, all over the place. Again, Grover, I don't know why, but it just seems like it's working. Buddy, keep at it. You're doing a great job. We're all proud of you. Well, thanks, Grover. It's a pleasure, and uh, let's uh, let's keep in touch. And say hi to Patty Marshall uh, for me. I, I heard you mention Q102 and Patty Marshall, so I remember her uh, a while ago. So uh, thank you, uh, Grover Collins. I'm Len Harvey, back with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.